You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Genesis chapter 30 is where we're going to be this morning. And back in chapter 30, I think for the the last time today, hopefully, if we can work our way through all this. This is um, after spending two Sundays on on the birth of Jacob's sons and the contention between Rachel and Leah and their handmaids. I'm just glad we're past that drama, okay? I'm glad we can move on. And, uh, and, and although I was happy to be working past it, this week's text was a challenge as well. And uh, sometimes that's, that's the nature of expositional preaching. I say expositional, I mean going through a book, just straight through a book, is that you don't always get to pick what comes next. And sometimes that's a challenge, but also... I do believe that that's the way, that's the best way to preach through God's word is uh, just from start to finish in context. And I think there's a help here for us today if we'll, if we'll be willing to find it. And also too, the other limitation might just be my, my voice and my, um, I've got something going on in, in, uh, in my chest today. And so if you could just, if I start coughing, you know, just pretend like it didn't happen, just, just move on. And it'll help me just to move on as well. Um, Just praying for God's help with that today. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach and just don't want to be a distraction this morning. But as we turn to Genesis 30, uh, let's let's stand. We're going to read beginning in verse 25. And we'll we'll read. This is an interesting and kind of a strange story um, between Laban and Jacob. And there's a lot going on here, but let's just read this and try to wrap our minds around it. It says in in verse 25, and it came to pass, actually, if you'll help me with this, let's just read this together, okay? So we're going to read it out loud, um, and if you'll do your part to be a team player um, and read at the same speed everybody else is, that'll be a help. And so just kind of let's just work together through this. We'll read the whole end of the chapter from verse 25 on. And try to wrap your mind around it as we read Genesis chapter 30, verse 25. Ready, begin. And it came to pass, when Rachel had borne Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now, when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown cattle among the sheep and the spotted and speckled among the goats and of such shall be my hire. 
so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straked and spotted, and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white strakes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring straked, speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring straight and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods." But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in, so the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants and men servants and camels and asses. And that is a blessing. Amen. Didn't you just get a lot out of that story, spiritual help? There's some stories in the Bible you're just kind of like, okay, what are we supposed to get out of this? Well, I do, I do believe there's a help to us today from this story. And I, I hope to help you see it today. And that sometimes, you know, I think we all would say we want God's blessings on our lives. Okay? Somebody's got to say you want God's blessings on your life. Yeah. I think all of us would say, yep, that's me. But sometimes we think we have to make the blessings happen. That we have to come up with a way for God to work it out. And yet God is, you know, God is perfectly capable of blessing you without your help. And, and sometimes we take matters into our own, own hands. That's what Jacob does all the time. And yet this truth, this help will be, uh, I hope, uh, an encouragement today is that sometimes you just need to let God do the blessing. You just do what you're supposed to do and let God do the blessing. And I hope that'll be a help. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, we, we thank you for your word. We pray that you bless the reading of it. And I pray that you bless this message and help my, my strength here today. Help me to convey it clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jacob's life has not gone how he expected it. Uh, he's the, he was the chosen one. He is the chosen one. God selected him over his older brother Esau to receive Abraham's blessing and it was through Jacob that the whole earth would someday be blessed through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you wouldn't think that a guy chosen to live that destiny, you wouldn't think that he would be the guy out watching his uncle's sheep and goats for 14 years. That's not the life that we would have envisioned for him. But that's the position he's in in Genesis 30. 
I mean, God had blessed him with children, but even that had been full of drama between Rachel and Leah. So he's supposed to be the recipient of incredible blessings, but to this point, all he's done is watched sheep and goats. That's been his life. It's not exactly what he would have expected. Now, Jacob had brought some of this on himself, in fairness. It's not like he wasn't guilty in all this. He was a man who wanted the right things, but he often couldn't do the right, do things the right way to get the right things. He lacked character. He, he was a schemer. He was a man manipulator. His name means heel grabber. He was, a, he was a tripper, a supplanter. He had tricked his brother out of the birthright. He had tricked his father out of the blessing. And you might say, in this text, he's getting what he deserved. His uncle had tricked him by by switching out the wife that he wanted, Rachel, for one that he wasn't expecting, Leah. And a seven-year contract at the beginning to work for Rachel uh, had turned into at least 14 years at this point. It may have been even longer by that. If you try to start doing the math and figure out uh, all, of all of Leah's children and there was a time of barrenness, then she had more. It very potentially could have been that this is longer than 14 years, that he has just been serving um, and apparently, though, he feels like his time is up. It's time to go home. And so he goes to Laban and he requests permission to go home. And, and, and this is where I believe that we start to see uh, some faith on Jacob's part. Because Jacob gets a lot of grief. He's one of those guys, kind of like Peter, who, who gets a lot of grief for the things that he did and the way that he was in Scripture. And yet, just like Peter, I think sometimes we miss the fact that there is a level of faith in Jacob's life. He had some perspective here. He wasn't just living for himself. I truly believe that Jacob wanted the blessings of God. He wanted to do th things the right way. Or he wanted the right things. He just couldn't do things the right way. And although he's not a finished product, he has the right perspective. Even just consider in this story, Jacob has done things the right way when it comes to Laban. Uh, consider again verse 25. It came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee. Let me go for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. So he goes to Laban and he asks permission to leave. And, and that authority structure in that Eastern culture would have been different than what we, we anticipate or that what we've experienced. See, Laban, as the father of, of Jacob's wives and the grandfather of Jacob's children, Laban still had a measure of, <coughs> a measure of ownership in Jacob's life. You could say that Laban was Jacob's authority still. <coughs> Jacob had done things the right way in submitting to Laban and even in trying to leave he's trying to do things the right way he doesn't just bail in the middle of the night and take off now eventually he does that and it causes lots of trouble but he's trying to do things I believe he's trying to do things the right way he also says there at the end of verse 26 he says let me go for thou knowest my service which I have done thee uh, he says Laban you know I've worked hard for you I've done what I was supposed to do. I've been loyal. I've been diligent. Look down at verse 29. He said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me, for it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. 
So he, he says, I've been faithful to you. You know how I've served you. You know that you, there's been nothing you could say against the way that I have I've served and I've worked. I've kept your flocks. And, and listen, when I came, Laban, you didn't have very much. When I came, your flocks were little. But, but since I came, look at all the wealth you have. Look at all the flocks that you have. Uh, and, and, and Jacob's not taking credit, but there's a connection. He has done right by Laban, and God has blessed Laban because of Jacob. And he acknowledges it. Look at verse 27. Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry. For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Now, what a statement. Now, he doesn't want Jacob to leave. Now, we know Laban. It's not like Laban is a follower of Jehovah. Uh, Laban doesn't serve Jacob's God, but Laban recognizes that God's blessings have been on Laban because of Jacob. And because of that, we know from the very first time we ever read about Laban, he was interested in the gold that Abraham's servant came to bring. He was interested in riches. He's a greedy man who's, who's only looking out for himself, but even he acknowledges that God, that God is blessed because of Jacob's presence. Now, he uses the word experience. And I, at first I thought, man, I could really focus on that. He says, I have learned by experience that the Lord, that's Jehovah. So he's talking about God. He says, the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And, and yet I looked up the word experience. And it's interesting. If you look that up in the Hebrew, it actually means divination or enchantment. So, so what Laban is saying is, I went to my gods. And my gods told me. That your God has blessed me because of you. So it's not quite as, as cool as it sounds. So that took away one sermon point I was going to make. But, he, but, you know, but the truth is he acknowledges it. You know, and I, I think this is great though. The truth is still here. That, that uh, this happens with God's people very often. If you live for God and you serve God how you should. Those around you will be blessed for it. And Christian, if you leave people worse than you find them, you're not kind of life for God. Uh, you should have a desire that every life that you touch is better because they've come in contact with you. And that's exactly what Jacob, and I don't see, again, that Jacob is a spiritual giant, but I do believe he wanted the right things and God blessed him in this position as God's people. We should strive to, leave people, to live in such a way that we leave those around us better for knowing us. I, I hope that that's a prayer of all of us in here this morning. Verse 28, and he said, Laban said, appoint me thy wages and I will give it. So Laban, he's, he's serious about keeping Jacob. And if, if for those of you that have hired or, or, or you've been in charge of that at an, maybe at a business, then you know when you've got a good employee, there are some links that you'll go for a good employee to keep them around because they're that valuable to your company. Well, that's how Laban sees this. And what I love about what Jacob is doing is he's not making big demands. I mean, he had made Laban rich, but all he's asking for is to be let go. I mean, Laban says, appoint me thy wages. And he says, thou knowest how I've served thee, how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou had set before I came, hats before I came. And it is now increased into a multitude. The Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? So Jacob is not looking to get rich from this. 
Jacob's not looking to take half the flock. There's not a sense of entitlement here. I mean, could he have demanded more? Yeah, he could have. Yeah, he was willing to just simply leave with his family. because. And I love the fact that, that we see his motivation in all this. First, he says, I've got to take care of my own family. I've got nothing. Uh, you, I've got a family, but I don't have anything. But I really believe that, back up in verse 25, is where we see the motivation. Look what he said back up there. Remember this. It came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said unto Laban, send me away that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. You know, that, that's interesting. I believe that this is a, a testament to Jacob's faith. His answer here is a glimpse into the fact that he has the right perspective here. See, don't forget, God's promises to the chosen family through whom it would be, would be Jacob, um, that, that, he, that they would include people, the blessing would be people and prosperity and a place. People and prosperity and a place. And at this point, Jacob has people. He probably has more wives than he really was bargaining for. But he's got 11 sons and he's got a daughter. He's got people. But he's got no prosperity. Uh, he says, how am I going to take care of my family? And he, he's not in the place he's supposed to be. But I love the fact that when he comes, he says, let me go into my country. It's my country. Let me go to my own place. It's my place. It means that this whole time that Jacob has been serving, he hasn't lost sight of the fact that God has a promise for him. God has a location for him. God has a country with his name on it. And he just wants to go home because he believes God's promises. He doesn't have anything. He just wants to go to his own place, his own country. And, he, and I believe this is an indication of faith in his life. He's not perfect. He's going to make lots more mistakes. But he's trusting that God keeps his promises. Consider how long he'd hung in there. I mean, working for a man like Laban. And we find out later that Laban changed his wages multiple times. Laban had cheated Jacob. He'd taken advantage of him. He didn't treat him like a servant, much less a son-in-law. But Jacob hung in there. He did things the right way. He stayed faithful. He kept his word. He maintained a good set testimony. Remember, he said, you know how I've served you. He knew that Jake Laban would have nothing bad to say about his time. And, and, we, and this is a lesson for us. See, when our expectations aren't, are disappointed... We have two options. We can either stick it out or we can bail out. When, when we have expectations for how life is supposed to go, we can either stick it out or we bail out. And far too often, we have a tough situation and we bail out. And maybe there's a situation at work and, and it's just not easy. And the people you work around, it's just not easy. We bail out. Things aren't going great in a relationship. We cut ties. The church isn't everything you want it to be. You throw in the towel. Listen, doing things the right way means you don't just cut and run because God has a process he's working on. God is taking you through something. And, and be careful to cut and run and to get out of Dodge before God is done working. I remember the readers of this book. The readers of this book uh, are the children of Israel going from Egypt to Canaan. The promised land awaits for them. They're reading these truths. They're reading this story. And, and they're, they're thinking, um, well, okay, Jacob stuck it out. He, he, didn't, he didn't 
in the process before God was done working. You know what? I think we should stick it out. Because we're 39 years into this wilderness wandering. And maybe, you know, who knows? God, God's going to do something at some point. Can you imagine if the children of Israel had 39 and a half years into it had said, you know what, we're done. And they just kind of dispersed and went their own way. You know what they would have missed out on? They would have missed out on the promised land. Um, the one place that God was taking them. The same place that Jacob was looking forward to. And, and we short circuit God's process by bailing out before he's done working through, an, through a trial. Jacob's commitment to his word, his commitment to Laban, his authority, his, and to God's process, it's done work on him. And it hadn't been easy. Working for Laban couldn't be, but Jacob trusted the process. Listen, waiting is never easy. I don't like waiting at red lights. I don't like waiting for my coffee at the drive-thru. I mean, it's a trial. Of, uh, it's a burden. You know, much less than you're waiting in a situation that sometimes lasts years. And some of you have been in a situation and it's been a long time and you don't know when the end is. Well, I'm just telling you today, don't cut and run because God may still be doing something. You haven't seen the end product yet. And J Jacob would have missed out on what God was about to do. And I'm telling you, what God does is amazing. So Jacob and Laban, they come up with this deal. They, they play, let, let's make a deal. These were two uh, heavyweight uh, schemers here. And this is, a, this is quite the, the deal they're making. You know, Laban begs Jacob to say, and he says, name your price. And Jacob answers him, we've, we've already read. You know what I've done. You know how I've served you. I've got to take care of my family. And he, and, and he says, I'm not really looking for anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really looking for something big. In verse 31, Jacob said, thou shalt not give me anything. You know, that had to make Laban's ears perk up. Because he's like, okay, you're not looking for anything? And I, I could get a really good deal right here. Uh, you know, it, it seems like Jacob plays all of his cards. And, and, and Laban says, okay, well, what's this going to look like? Well, he said, well, what shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. Look at verse 32. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And of such shall be my hire. So when they say cattle, he's just talking about flocks. He's talking about goats and sheep. And Jacob says, <coughs> Jacob says, I will go through the flock today and I'll remove all the brown or black or dark sheep and I'll take those for myself. And I'll also then go through all the goats and all the goats that have patterns or spots that are speckled, that are ring straked, I'll set those aside. That'll be my hire. And most experts that I read this week, they, they, they said that would have been a very small percentage of the flock. And, and, and the under, by the way, and the understanding uh, for a shepherd would have been 20% of the increase of the flock. So the non-white sheep and the spotted goats would have been far less than 20% of the flock from what I've read. And, you know, I'm not a, a shepherd and... And I mean, I've tried to take my children out in public, but I've never like herded sheep and, and goats, okay? So, 
You know, I, I can relate somewhat, but, you know, that's the best I could do. But, but from, what I, my, from where I'm sitting and from what my understanding is, what Jacob is saying is let's separate the minority, this very small amount, those with color, the, the spotted, the, the, the speckled, the dark sheep, the black sheep, the brown sheep. I'll take all of those. It's a very small minority. And, and whatever offspring come that are spotted or colored, those will be mine. But you can have all of the normal colored animals. You can have all the solid colored goats. You can have all the white sheep. But, but as they reproduce and have offspring, then if they come in their spots, then, then uh, I'll get to keep that. How about that? Well, Laban says, well, the vast majority of the animals, they're over in this category. So the chances of, of very many uh, animals being produced that are spotted or speckled um, from this group right here, it's very low. And Laban says, this is like taking candy from a baby. You know, this, this does not make any sense, um, you know, for Jacob to be thinking this. I, I, I think that I, I can figure this out and, and, and come out ahead. So I just want to, just to give you an idea. Hey, Jonah, would you come hold this? I was going to pick somebody with lots of freckles, but, you know, spotted and speckled. You can just come stand right here. Okay, those are the, those are the ones that Joe's actually, I, I'm going to get messed up. Go stand over there. Because I've been pointing over there for that group. Okay. So the spotted and speckled sheep, that's the minority. That's the, that's the smallest number. That's not very many. Jacob says, I will take those and all the offspring I'll take. If they, if they come out spotted and speckled, I'll take those as well. Um, so here, we'll, we'll have Josiah come up and hold this one. Are you awake? I think I woke him up. I'm so sorry. Okay, so, so you've got the majority. Hold that up real, real high. There you go. There you go. Solid color. So you've got the solid color. So what's happening here is that Jacob says, here's the deal. The vast majority in your flock are in this category. The very small majority are in this category. He says, I, my hire, I don't want money, I don't want anything else. My hire will be all of these. And then all the animals that are born in this category, the spotted and speckled. And he said, so, so if you'll just agree to this... Then we'll, then we'll make a deal. And so verse 34, my interpretation is that they, they did a pinky promise and they made a deal. That's not really true, but, you know, I was seeing if you're awake. Okay, so they come up with some kind of a covenant, a contract. And Laban's like, that sounds like a good deal as, as your word. I mean, whatever your word is in, in this, that's what's going to happen. You know, because Laban's gone back on his word before. And he says, no, this is going to happen this time. This is a great deal. So, so Laban then immediately gets to work like he does. And he says, okay, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to take all of these animals from which Jacob is going to get paid. And I'm going to separate them. So go stand by the piano over there. I'm going to separate them three days journey. And my sons are going to watch over them. And he said, and then Jacob is going to watch over these. Okay, so Jacob is watching these. All of those are way over their three days journey because Laban doesn't trust Jacob. He doesn't want any funny business going on. He sends all the, the flocks over here far away. And in Laban's mind, just think about this. Remember, Jacob is going to get all of the offspring that are spotted and speckled. It's a very small number over there, a very big number in this category. The chances of, of Jacob getting a lot out of that are very low. The chances of Laban 
getting wealthier when it comes to his cattle, his flocks are very high. But here's the thing. This isn't about chance. This is about God working. And God can work with the lowest of chances, with, with those, I mean, you think, talk about low percentages and, 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 and something that's mathematically almost impossible happening. That's where God likes to work. Because here's where Jacob does. Jacob then decides, okay, I'm watching these sheep. And, and he, he's, he has a superstition, okay? Now, I, I call it a superstition. I mean, maybe God worked through it, but I, I happen to believe it was just a superstition. And, and he believes that if he can put, he takes these rods from trees and he peels the bark so you can see the wood. And then he puts that wood, those branches, near the watering troughs. And in his mind, maybe it's just some kind of an old, maybe it's in the farmer's almanac. I don't know. But he, but he says, if I put these branches where they drink, when they come to drink, they're going to want to breed because they see these branches, and because they're seeing the colors and the stripes and the spots, then they will produce offspring that are spotted and speckled. So in Jacob's mind, he can make the, this group right here turn into spot a bunch of spotted and speckled goats and sheep. He, can, he says in his mind, they're going to come out. The white sheep are going to reproduce, but because they're looking at these branches, they're going to have black sheep. And these, these solid-colored goats, they're going to reproduce. And because when they reproduce and are in the breeding time, they're, they're seeing these branches, they're going to have spotted and speckled babies. It doesn't sound... The chances, the odds are not very good, are they? This doesn't sound like a very good plan. Except, again, God's at work. And you guys can be seated. Thank you. That was mostly for their sake, to wake them up, you know, and get them up here. But I just want you to get in your mind that this is not a high percentage deal for Jacob. This is not a layup. I mean, for some of us, that, that's a low percentage shot too. But, but this isn't a layup. This is, this is a half-court shot. You know, this, this is something that, that wouldn't work most of the time. And Jacob comes up with this scheme to, to gain an advantage. And, and, he, and Jacob follows what appears to be this superstition, and, and you think, you know, this is crazy, but then you start looking at what happens, and you start thinking, well, maybe it worked. Look down at verse 39. And the flocks conceived before the rods, and brought forth cattle ring-straked and speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straked and all the brown in the flock of Laban, and he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So he only did this when they were the stronger goats or the stronger sheep. He didn't do it with the weaker ones. He only did it when they were strong. And, and so I'm telling you, God started to multiply the flock. And they were having, they were having spotted and speckled and ring straight and, and off-colored uh, offspring um, by the scores. And you might start thinking, Jacob did it. It worked. But I, just look at the next chapter, chapter 31, verse 8. See, this is, this is Jacob telling his family, 
Rachel and Leah, when it's finally time to leave, he tells them what happened. Verse 8, it says, if he said thus, it's talking about Laban. If Laban said thus, the speckled shall be thy wages, then he said, all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the ring straight shall be thy hire, then bear all the cattle ring straight. Thus, think about this. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring straight, speckled and grizzled. And the angel of, the, of God spake unto me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here am I. And he said, lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. See, uh, it's interesting. As Jacob relays to his family what happened, Jacob's not saying, you, did you guys see what I did? You guys, look at this. Have you seen this? I mean, this was my plan. No, he doesn't take credit for it. He says, God did this. God made this happen. This is all about God. This is all about God working on my behalf. And in hindsight, even Jacob acknowledges this. Even Jacob knows it wasn't about his scheme. It wasn't about his work. It was about God blessing him. And at the end of back to chapter 30, the very last verse, it says the man increased exceedingly. You know, Jacob increased. That means, you know, increased means burst forth. It means he broke through. And he increased exceedingly, which is like a double, exceedingly, exceedingly. Much substance. He bursts forth Amen. with much substance. And not just with goats and sheep. I mean, verse 43 states that God made jo Jacob burst forth abundantly. I just like saying it. You should try it when you get home. Burst forth abundantly. <laughs> make myself cough. Okay. Burst forth abundantly with servants and camels and asses, all kinds of prosperity. Just having, just having a herd of camels, that would have made Jacob a one percenter. You didn't just have camels in that day. Camels meant you were rich. It's like a fleet of Cadillacs in your driveway. That's what camels were like. So the Lord prospered Jacob in extraordinary ways. And I just want to point something out. I want to go back to a prayer in back in chapter 28. So turn back to chapter 28. Remember Jacob's encounter at Bethel? That night at Bethel, he prayed a prayer. And he said in verse 20, And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God, this is the first time we know of God meeting with Jacob. He said, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house of peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So what does Jacob pray for way back then? He prays for bread to eat, raiment, clothes to put on. And he prays that I come again to my father's house in peace. So his prayer back in 28 was for food and clothes and get home. That, that was his expectation. That's all he was expecting. He wasn't expecting anything more than that. He just wanted to get home safely. 
He just wanted food, he wanted raiment, he wanted his needs taken care of, and he wanted to get home and go home in peace. And you know what I think? When I compare what Jacob expected and what Jacob got, I'm like, man, those are low expectations. Those are some low expectations compared to what God wanted to do for Jacob. See, what God actually did for Jacob was he burst forth. Again, I'm telling you, you should go home and try it. It is fun. He burst forth abundantly. He burst forth exceedingly. God blessed Jacob with multiplied more than he ever thought he was going to get. Jacob's vision for God's blessing was way smaller than what God actually was going to do. And if Jacob's blessings were dependent on his expectations, he would have had food and clothes and he would have gotten home in one piece. And if his blessings were dependent on his efforts in this chapter, he would have had food and clothes and sheep and goats. That's it. But when God does the blessing, he, gives, he gave Jacob more than he ever dreamed of. See, all Jacob could produce was food and clothes and sheep and goats. But God gave him bursting forth exceedingly abundant riches. Listen, if you live your Christian life in your effort, all you'll ever get is what you can produce on your own. That's all you'll ever have. And I'm telling you, that's a spinning the wheels kind of life. Because I've been there and I've tried it. And I've tried to do it in my own strength. And there are days where I still try to do it in my own strength. And it never works. But that's the life you get if you're going to try to live this life on your own. In your own effort. In your own strength. And without God's help. You see we have a pretty low bar when it comes to what we need. We think well I just want to get home safe. I just want food and clothes. Well God wants to do way more than that for you. And this isn't. And I'm not talking about health and wealth. Because I don't believe in that. I believe that's unbiblical. If, if, you're, if your life's blessings are dependent on how good you're living, you try to explain Jesus to me. Because his life did not reflect what these preachers on TV tell you about health and wealth. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean financially. This is not a promise to us that God was going to bless us financially. I don't, you know, the idea is far beyond what I believe the Bible is. No, no, listen, I'm talking about spiritual blessings. I'm talking about spiritual prosperity. You see, how God blesses, that's not what we're, we should be concerned about. Our concern is to put ourselves in a position to let God do the blessing. Let him decide what he wants to do with my life. Let him decide how, how, how rich he wants my life to be. Let him decide. Now listen, this is hard sometimes though. You know why it's hard? Because we have Laban's. We have Laban's. You, you, you have a Laban opposing you sometimes. Jacob might have gotten discouraged by Laban at times. There will be opposition to God's blessing in your life. Listen, your opposition might be a timetable. That may be what you're struggling with today. Because earlier, you know, when you first got saved or you thought God made a promise to you that if I do this and this and this, he'll do this and this and this. Well, his timetable doesn't always equal our timetables. He doesn't always work on our time frames. Your Laban might be that a long time ago you expected God to do it by this time, but God hasn't done it yet. And you know what? That's okay. But don't bail out. Because God, God may be doing something in your life, and if you quit early, you're going to miss it. 
Laban, your Laban might be a person. There's a person in your life and they're opposing you. Maybe it's the person that sits next to you at work in that next cubicle. And you, it's hard. It may be your boss. It may be your neighbor. It may be a family member. It may be a close family member. It may be somebody who's supposed to love you. Yeah. And maybe they might be opposing what you want to do in your life for God. And they're a Laban. And I'm telling you, you can't allow the Labans in your life to make you quit before God does the blessing. Your opposition may be that nothing is happening and you're spinning your wheels and you've tried and you've tried and nothing seems to make a dent. Maybe you're, you're trying to train and raise your kiddos and it seems like most days moms are two-step back kind of days. There's lots of effort, but there's more opposition. Maybe it's finances and you think, I've been working on this debt for a long time. I've even bought into Dave Ramsey and it hasn't happened yet. You know, but Laban's convinced many of God's people to quit before the blessings come. And I just want to say, don't do it. What would Jacob have missed by quitting early? Listen, you do right, you let God do the blessing. In his time and in his way. And as you work through the oppositions, God wants to provide something greater than your expectations. See, Jacob's prayer in Genesis 28, it wasn't big enough for what God wanted to do. Jacob just wanted food and clothes and get back. But he would have missed out on his family, his sons, the flocks, the camels, the servants. He would have missed all of it. God's ability to bless you is greater than you realize. And yet we often dream far too small. Amen. In John chapter 10, you say, well, this sounds, you know, real, you know, kind of just too happy preaching. Well, Jesus said, I have come. That ye might have life. And that's it. No, that's not what he said. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He wants you to live a life of spiritual prosperity. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to flourish. But sometimes we have a, well, as long as I have more goats than Laban mentality. And we set our bar far too low for what God wants to do in our lives. That's a low expectation. God has something better for you than that. And in your walk with God, don't think, well, as long as I have more goats than Laban. No, in your walk with God, too many people think, well, I'm saved. That's really all that matters. No, do you not think that a genuine, vibrant, flourishing walk with God, relationship with God, do you not think that's available to you? It is. The Lord doesn't select those whom he blesses. He doesn't select the ones that he blesses with closeness. He doesn't just pick and choose. No, that's dependent on what James said in chapter 4, that the ones who draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to them. And there's a relationship with God, a vibrant and exceedingly bursting forth walk with God available to any person in this room who wants it. The only limitation is that you've decided you're not going to pursue it. But you could have a life abundantly in your walk with God. And this isn't just about spiritual things either. I believe this could apply to your job. See, there's, there are all kinds of businesses full of employees that are simply content with meeting the status quo. 
And, and they're the kind of people, they just meet the minimum requirement. They clock out right at five. They stop there. Listen, if God has given you a job, you are a steward of that job. And you represent God in your workplace. He desires that you do all you can for the glory of God, including your job and where you work. And the glory of God means the best you can do. Be the best employee you can be and see what the Lord might do to bless you. You may never get the raise or the position you want, but God has a way of blessing us full to bursting. And it may take a while, but just be faithful no matter how hard it is. You do right, let God do the blessing. Think about your, our ministry in church. I mean, we all serve in different places. I hope you have a place to serve. But what is it, why does it seem that, some, that God blesses some people in their service more than others? Well, I mean, sometimes we can't control that. But I do believe there is a connection between our, our stewardship of our area and how God blesses. Amen. And listen, you may just teach a Sunday school class. You may just have a, a few kids every Sunday. And listen, the, the wrong mentality would be to say, well, this is all I've got and I'll just be content with this. No. I mean, there are kids out there that need to be in your Sunday school class. Amen. I think maybe not having the bus ministry has maybe revealed to some of us, maybe the teachers, we were a little bit dependent on other people finding new kids for our class. There's no reason that you can't be out pursuing, which actually it's a pretty biblical thing to do. It's to be out pursuing and finding people to bring in. Bring them in to, uh, Luke 14, the marriage supper. I mean, we, there, is, there are people to reach. And yet we have a very small, I think, low expectations of what God, well, you know, two or three, that's all I can really handle. Are you sure? Maybe God wants you to grow your class. Maybe God wants to do your ministry better than what, than what you're doing it right now. Don't assume that God is content with your status quo. Don't define how God wants to bless you. Give it your best. See what he does. To our young people, our, our, the, the status quo is, okay, here's what most young people do. They say, what job can I get that I can stand that will make me the most money in life? You know, that's a goats and sheep and food and raiment kind of mentality. That's set, and, and I'm not saying that God isn't going to give each of you a job, somebody here a job that you make a lot of money. And if that happens, please stay friends with me, Okay. But don't assume that that's going to make you happy. Every young person in our church, and I'm looking around the room to the other ones, every young person ought to first give God the opportunity to use your life however he wants to. And you say, God, whatever it is you want, I say yes to everything. And if he, if he wants you to serve him full time, great. If he wants you to be a faithful church member and, and work a job, that's fine. But don't assume that the best option for you is to go out and make the most money you can. And that's going to make you the most content. It won't. Amen. Assume that God wants to use your life greater than what you can, what you can even imagine. Because he could. And he, he wants to. I think about even in salvation. This is the greatest application. See, too many people think God would never have time for them. And you have a very low expectation of what your spiritual life could be. But let me just tell you this. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, including yours. And your vision of life, is that's, if you have a vision, a low vision, of 
of works and, and trying to please God and work your fingers to the bone. Listen, you're going to miss out on what God can do. Because just like Jacob, his schemes with the rods and the flocks, um, all, all we would have gotten was some more goats and sheep. And it would have been limited because he can't do everything. But God has done everything. He already sent his son to die on a cross for you. He died in your place. And for you to think, I can make this happen, means you're going to miss out on salvation. And someday when you die, the moment that you die, you're going to regret trying to do it in your own strength. Just come to the end of yourself and throw yourself on the feet of your Savior and say, I can't do it. But you've already done it. The work is done. Trust him. Acknowledge your sin. Believe he's the only way to be saved. And listen, let him do what only he can do. Here's the mindset we need. I won't allow opposition or low expectations limit what God wants to do in my life. I refuse. I refuse to let some opposition or low expectations limit what God wants to do in my life. Don't let opposition make you think God won't bless you. Maybe that's where you are. And you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're going nowhere. There's opposition at every turn. Well, what did Jacob do? He submitted himself to his authority. He didn't worry about a timeline. He kept his obligations. He remained faithful. He was content to let even somebody else be blessed more than he was. He left those 14 years results. He left that up to God. And listen, if God is going to bless you, it's going to come in spite of opposition and it'll come in his time. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do and let God do the blessing. Don't allow low expectations, though, to hinder God's blessings in your life. See, Jacob took matters into his own hands. He put his desires um, uh, above what God was wanting to do and they were far smaller than what God wanted to do. If Jacob had got his way, he would have had food, clothes, sheep and, go- sheep and goats. Sheeps. Sheep and goats. And if we try to follow God in our effort, all we get is what our efforts can produce. But in the end, God gave him more than he ever imagined. Don't assume that God's plans for you are small. He wants you to be closer to him than you think is possible. He wants you to be used more than you ever thought you could be. He wants to make a bigger difference through your life than you believe he can. But too often we define how God can use us with our expectations. And it's just so low, much lower than what God can do. Stop defining God's blessings with your dreams. Let God define how he blesses you. And you just simply put yourself in a position to receive it by doing all you can until he decides it's time. One thing we know is we might not ever see it down here. But one day we'll stand before him in heaven and he'll make sure it's settled. So even if the timeline doesn't fit your expectation, you do what's right and let God do the blessing. You do what's right. Let God do the blessing. Be close to God. Just put your head down. Be faithful. Have a good testimony. 
and refuse to bail before the blessings. Because they may be just around the corner. Let's stand together. Every head bowed. (coughs) Every eye closed, please. I want to be blessed. I do. I want God's blessings on my life. I hope you do too. But I think sometimes his blessings are limited because we face opposition and we throw in the towel. Don't do it. I also think sometimes his blessings are limited because we have low expectations of what he can do with us. Don't live there. Let him define that. You do everything that you can do and let God do the blessing. To the person in here, the people in here who may not know Christ as your Savior, listen, your efforts, all your efforts will ever get you is what your efforts can do, and it won't be good enough. But Jesus Christ said it is finished. The work is done. He died rose again and salvation's available to you. Would you just finally place your faith in the finished work of Christ this morning? Let God do what only he can do. I'm telling you, your life, the way you're living it, it may be good, but there's a life out there with God that's exceedingly bursting forth with abundance and spiritual blessings and you're missing out. Don't miss out on that life because of opposition or because of low expectations. God wants to do something in your life. Let's use the example of Jacob to motivate us. Father, we love you. We need you. Thank you for this truth. And I pray that you'd help us to submit to the truth and make a plan this morning on how to make sure that we live it out. Not just to hear it and say, oh, it's a good truth. But Lord, what do you want us to do with this? Well, I pray that we'd each submit to your plan to see this accomplished in our lives. And Lord, I I don't want to just live the status quo. I'm tired of living below the expectations that that you've set. Forgive me for the times that I settle. And Lord, help us all to rise to the place where you can bless us in the way you want to. Lord, we love you. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.